0: Welcome back to Her Hustle with your hosts, Chloe and Mimi. We interview successful female and non-binary entrepreneurs about their businesses and how they got from college to where they are today. Whether you have a side hustle or want to own your own company, if you have an entrepreneurial spirit and are eager to learn, this podcast is for you. Let's get going. All right. Hello, everyone. This is our episode with Grace Park, the founder and CEO of Newleap, a job platform that focuses completely on helping the user integrate a career into their lifestyle and their values. Newleap's app features job postings, companies committed to hiring during COVID 19, and gets you connected to career coaches and recruiters. Before Grace began leading strategy and business development at Newleap, she spent over 10 years in finance and entertainment companies like Disney. Now, Grace serves on multiple nonprofit boards, such as the Holistic Foundation and One Light Foundation. We are thrilled to host such an accomplished founder who is here to share with us how she built a growing multifaceted platform, an incredibly fitting conversation for today's market of graduating job seekers.
1: Thanks, Mimi and Chloe. We're really excited to be part of her hustle. (laughs)
2: Yay! (laughs) Um, Okay, Grace, before we kind of get started into your story, I was wondering if you could share with us the vision of New Leap for our listeners who haven't heard of it before.
1: Sure. So NewLeap is a job platform that connects job seekers to companies on values, culture, and skills. We also help our companies share their stories, values, and culture to our job seekers. Our mission is to help our students and job seekers with our tech and to help them build human connections.
0: Awesome. We'd like to get into your story. So take us back to when you were in college and what it was like for you then.
1: Sure. Uh, I attended UC Santa Barbara and I was a law and society major. I thought I was going to do computer science when I first went to school. And then I realized that everyone knew how to code. They knew like three programming languages. And I was like, oh, wait, maybe this isn't for me. <laughs> and so I quickly went to the counselor. I was like, I need a new major where I can be competent <laughs> and be able to like learn something really fast together with my classmates. Um, so when I graduated UCSB during the 07 re- recession, um, I thought I was going to go into law school because I was a law and society major. But mm-hmm. instead, I actually got my first full time salary position at Disney as part of their corporate citizenship team. So it's yeah. the social impact team, basically.
2: Oh, wow. That's awesome. Um, can you maybe share more about graduating into a recession that adversity what were some of the strategies which you wanted to implement or how did you deal with all that
1: when i first graduated i didn't really realize that the recession would have impacted what companies would reach it back out to me and how many applications i would have to send in um, so basically it was a numbers game for me so i literally applied to every single job posting that i saw online <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I really like. <laughs> so I applied to I see over 150 jobs um, oh, in the span of a month. Like all I did was apply oh, to wow. jobs, and my family thought you're never gonna get a job <laughs> in this market. So they're like, "Why don't you like um, get a part time job somewhere? Um, maybe a nonprofit or something where you can like expand your experience, but." Applying to 150 jobs actually helped because I received a lot of phone calls um, for interviews um, and I was lucky in that aspect because I had a technical writing minor so I knew that keywords were very important. So I literally tailored my resume to every single job description. So while my friends were getting maybe three callbacks, I was getting... 50, like fifty percent of the jobs I applied to, I had a response actually. And
0: <gasps> Whoa, I take couldn't... a look at our <laughs> resumes. <laughs> yeah, Mimi's face right now she her jaw like, just wow, dropped. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> yeah, tell us a little bit more about that strategy. So you said you catered um, your resume to each job. How did you go about doing that?
1: So one thing that I always recommend students right now too is that really look at that job description because in that first two paragraphs, they actually tell you what they need um, in skills, and experience. So you can't take every single word word for word, but there's key action words where let's say if they are looking for a software engineer and they want React, GraphQL and MongoDB experience, then you better have those three words on your resume. I got lucky because I always wanted to work for Disney one day, um, but I didn't think it would happen right after I graduated college. And the key word that they looked for was international. And I actually had international experience um, while I was working during college.
0: So that really helped. Awesome. Very cool. Okay, I'm curious as we go through your story, how that experience graduating into a job market and having to apply to a bunch of jobs actually kind of led into your founding story and if it was part of the reason why you created New Leap. So tell us about the founding story, why you created it, and what the founding team was like. Sure.
1: Uh, I actually met my co-founder, Luis, when I started working at Disney 10 years ago, and we loved working together. We loved working on tech. We had fun brainstorming after work, at work. And then we realized that we were we were friends, not just coworkers and colleagues. We became friends. So we went on family vacations together every so year. Cute. Even <laughs> up till this year before COVID nineteen became a huge thing. So uh- <laughs> Yes. Um, so we're really passionate about working on social impact because we both came for the social impact team at Disney. And that integrity and innovation with tech was something that we were always passionate and interested in. And it really helped that his background was in computer science. And he did um, project management consulting for the past, I think, eight plus years. So our SAS system, which I'm really proud of is like the engine where companies can sort of identify, transition and train their existing
2: and their new workforce. That's that's so great. I mean, yeah, I, I ask so many people about... How did you know that this was someone you were gonna found a business with? And kind of just as you put it as you put it there, you have to be friends as well. Um, that's really great to know. Um, okay, so with the New Leap platform in general, I know it operates on a multi-sided platform, things I picked up from my econ classes. Um, <laughs> I was wondering if you could share what this business model is for our listeners who might not know and how you've approached the user acquisition strategy on both ends.
1: So NewLeap a double-sided marketplace. What that means is that we have two types of users that we work with. So our NewLeap SaaS platform helps companies share their stories and values and their culture to our ever-growing Gen Z workforce. And our Gen Z workforce uses our iOS app and it's a monthly subscription service for our companies. Basically, our acquisition strategy is word of mouth and referrals. Uh, Before COVID-19, we had zero social media presence. So this is something very new to us. Um, So that's another way we're engaging our clients and our new users now through social media, LinkedIn and Instagram.
0: Awesome. Sounds great. We've heard New Leap described as a dynamic recruiting process. So, what are some of the major differences between your platform and all of these other recruiting platforms like LinkedIn, Handshake, Indeed, et cetera? And how do you navigate dealing with all that competition?
1: Oh, great question. (laughs) So, LinkedIn and Handshake are ultimately just another job platform where you're looking to get just a job, right? What we do is we leverage our technology to sort of build the future of work. So. What I mean by that is companies need to care about their values and have actionable steps regarding their culture. So we help companies build their values and their culture, and we help them share their stories to our users. And with that, we also get insights on the latest tech, the latest skills, and the latest innovation so that with that data, we can help them actually work with their existing workforce and onboard their new workforce.
2: So I guess you mentioned culture. I I know it's a a factor which is becoming increasingly important to our generation. And so how would you define New Leap's culture specifically? And um, what tips do you have for business owners when they create a culture? What are the key factors in the stories that you're sharing to job seekers?
1: Sure. For New Leap's culture, integrity and innovation are the values that we built our culture upon. And that's because before um, our founders team even got together to create new leaf, we did a culture exercise to make sure that our values matched, our culture would match. And luckily, in our top three values that we all identified, our top two were honesty, integrity, was like one category. And the second one was innovation and building value. So for us, it's really important that leadership defines culture early on. And so we had to define that on the now we're hoping to engage our team, our employees so that they'll be motivated, and engaged by the culture that we set. Right. So a lot of the people that we work with, I think have to share the same values and care about the same purpose. And for us, it's really helping people find value, drive value and create opportunity and, access to jobs, um, to professionals that you would have never been able to meet.
0: So through your app, obviously, you have this emphasis on culture and values and creating a relationship between the job applicant and the business that's based on aligned values, right? So how do you actually do that? How do you match people? How do you hold your clients accountable and make it so that everyone's working off of their values?
1: Initially, what we did was we were really leveraging technology to make this happen. So user experience design, have you guys heard of that? Yes.
0: (laughs) For our listeners, do a quick synopsis. (laughs) Yeah, tell us
2: your angle on user experience design.
1: In technology, I believe UX design is the most important facet because the user experience needs to be from the design to the prototype to the execution. And what I mean by that is intentional design where you are building something that is for the user and the user's value. Mm -hmm. And so for us, what we did was we have a skills library, an index in our SaaS platform, where we're identifying the skills, um, the culture, the benefits, everything that matters to you before you apply to a job. So we have a library that we've curated and now visually we're matching those on our app so that the job seekers are able to see hey that salary is $75,000 a year the commute time is 15 minutes.
2: (laughs) With your everyday role in New Leap can you share more about how you spend your time and the specific projects that you're focused on currently?
1: Sure so what For myself, because um, I'm a female entrepreneur and I'm on the business and operations side mostly, I split my time 80% on business operations and community engagement and 20% of my time on sprints, working with the dev team, working with our UX team on products. Mm -hmm. And we sort of made that role that way because I think it's really important that I spend time with everyone on our team And also to always um, have a handle on what the business is doing, Um, even in the development side, even though I'm not coding every day, I'm actually working on the user stories or as the owner saying yes or no to certain features and figuring out what schedule it should be on.
0: So obviously, you didn't always have a big team. So what was it like kind of taking on this leadership role? And now how many people are in your organization? We have eight. So eight. Cool. Yeah. So what is it like kind of delegating those roles? Um, And do you have any advice for people that are stepping into a managerial role and don't really know how, how to go through it? My number one advice
1: is actually understand communication styles and who your team is, because everyone has different purposes, different values and different culture and different ways of communicating. And especially in COVID-19 and the remote uh, way we have to work and engage with our teams now, uh, it's really important that you share your leadership communication styles, but also understand how your team, how your employee best, is best motivated and the communication style that's most comfortable for them.
2: Diving deep into, I guess, like the nitty gritty, um, could you share some advice you have for founders who don't necessarily have a lot of experience with operations and data and really setting up a business, but they want to learn and implement these processes in their businesses? What are some maybe actionable things that they can do to learn or, um, I guess, challenges you experienced in this area?
1: Mm, If you're new to running a business or operations, I would highly recommend um, researching someone that's in the same industry, but is two or three years your senior, so that that person could be your mentor. And you can have a check in with that person of, hey, when I'm doing you know i'm hiring new employees how do i go about doing that that person already went through that experience so i think mentorship and community is one of the most important facets of entrepreneurship um and then because i'm from a tech company i do always recommend use tech tools like notion trello it really makes your experience productivity scale
0: yeah Awesome. I think the point about mentorship is so key. And we've been hearing it a lot from other founders that we've interviewed. Um, My thing is, when it comes to mentorship, how do you choose the right person? And then how do you create that ask I feel like the ask can be kind of difficult especially if you don't want to like step out of bounds or you're thinking oh like I don't have anything to offer them back so in your experience what has been successful when going to someone and asking them to be your mentor
1: I'll be honest I don't ask someone that I haven't known for a long time to be my mentor because I think relationship building and understanding who and what values that mentor has is really important. So for myself in corporate America, one of my first mentors was someone that I respected and had the same values I did. And she was able to like guide me along the corporate America journey and about how things are a little bit different, but it's exactly the same as just living life. So being human, being (laughs) kind, uh, being authentic and Amplifying other people's voices was something I learned early on from her, actually. And so she taught me that no matter what stage in your career you are, you have the opportunity to help people, to mentor people, and amplify their voices in rooms when people aren't hearing them. And so that's something that I took to heart, and I try to do that as often as I can, even on a daily basis, especially because... uh, I think it's really important to be empathetic and to support other women especially in like corporate America and entrepreneurship because
2: let's be honest we don't get as many opportunities usually. Yeah. No, <laughs> no that's true. Um that reminds me of I'm working in a corporate company right now and I had a conversation today with um, a female in business strategy. And she kind of echoed the the same statements and said, let me know how I can help. I will introduce you to other people. We have to uplift each other and just someone else mentioning that instead of me kind of being too nervous to ask, I really appreciated that. Um, So, I mean, I guess that really relates to our next question as well in terms of maybe what are some challenges which you have faced as a female founder specifically, and if you're comfortable and, maybe it's to do with your entrepreneurship journey or in corporate america can you share some of the stories about times where you've overcome these obstacles of being female founder or a female employee
1: sure so challenges in corporate america and entrepreneurship are pretty similar for myself um, I often get asked if I'm the intern or could I get them coffee when I'm actually the one
0: running the meeting and they don't know it.
2: <laughs> Whoa!
0: <laughs> that must feel so good though when you're like, oh, one second, and then you get to the top of the room and lead the meeting. <laughs> Let's
1: just, like it's really interesting to see how people react and um, how flushed they get sometimes because they're like, oh, wait, what? <laughs>
2: Um, I I read in a book one time, it's called Alpha Girls, and it was the story of another woman, she was leading a meeting and they asked her to go get coffee. And so she went, she got everyone in the room coffee, came back, put it on the table and then stood at the front and was like, I'm starting the meeting now. And just like the way it was written, all the men's faces were like, oh my goodness, we made the biggest mistake.
1: (laughs) I'm very familiar with those expressions i'll have to be honest with that i'm very familiar with it and because of that i learned early on that advocating for other people like speaking my mind and especially giving credit where credit is due was really important to me um because a lot of people may not have the strength or courage to say hey that was actually my work right if someone else is taking credit for it so that that's always important and Like I mentioned before, um, amplifying other women's voices because of my experience, I tend to want to do that more often um, and probably too infrequently, some may say.
0: (laughs) Do you ever feel like you have to sacrifice a part of yourself or your authenticity in order to come off strong or powerful in a room maybe that is predominantly male or just um, people that you're trying to impress?
1: It's a hard balance, I think, because I am Asian-American. People expect me to be sort of quiet and silent. um, And that I had to learn that delivery, my tone, being intentional with my messaging, being thoughtful to my audience. That was something that I had to learn over time. And I'm still actually practicing it and learning how to communicate best to different audiences and for different people.
2: Could you maybe share with our audience some of the steps that you're taking um, to build these communication skills? And I'm glad you brought up about um, your Asian American heritage because you're the first Asian American founder interviewed that we are doing. And so we just wanted to touch on that and share this with our users as well. Growing up, public
1: speaking was something that I hated doing that was not my favorite thing. My parents forced me into public speaking by saying, oh, you need to go run for like student body, like historian, because you can't speak in public. Their version of teaching is you throw someone into the ocean. If they swim, good. If they sink, well, tough. (laughs) So... I literally, that's why I think when you invited me to speak here, I said, yes, this is how I improve actively pursuing opportunities to speak in public, virtually, I've spoken and led events where there were 5000 attendees and been on stage talking to them, you can only improve by practice. And so I literally throw myself out there, hope that I'll swim. Sometimes I do sink. (laughs) but I always pull myself back up and try swimming again.
0: Yeah, that's such a a powerful sentiment. I feel like we hear it all the time in different ways, right? But actually doing things that you're fearful of and then realizing that, hey, you didn't drown, like you were able to do it and not the most bountiful of success, but you showed yourself that you can do it and it just leaves you more prepared next time. For our next question, kind of taking another step in a different direction. But we want to talk about the current pandemic. Obviously, it's taking a toll on graduates right now. Not only did they lose their end of senior year, but they're also graduating into likely a recession. um, And the job search (laughs) is definitely going to be different for them. So how is New Leap supporting the growing audience of job seekers? And what tips do you have for students deep in the job search today? Thank you
1: for asking this, because We started New Leap Wednesday to help students and job seekers connect to professionals during this pandemic. Um, And our speakers are from Amazon, Marvel, and Facebook. And Chloe, when you mentioned earlier, like how do I connect with someone where I don't have a relationship with them and you don't know the best way to connect with them, I always recommend students to attend events, for, whether they're virtual or in person. I recommend virtual until COVID-19 is a little bit better. <laughs> yes. Um, but these workshops, these virtual events are opportunities for you to directly engage with professionals. And you don't have the opportunity when you're just cold linking in someone, right? But now you have the content to say, hey, I met you at the New League Wednesday event. I love to connect with you and I want to learn about your profession or something that you bonded with them, what resonated with you about what they were talking about. If you just have one succinct sentence, um, really delivering why you want to connect with them, a lot of people will say yes more often than not. And I'm not very comfortable like cold outreaching either. Uh, it's It takes courage and it takes guts to do that, but the other person can only say no. But for every person that says no, there will be people that say yes. And I've encountered that throughout my career, uh, throughout working on Newly and even with the pandemic happening, cold outreaching to new universities to join our
2: program. So keep trying. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We'll share more about New Leap Wednesdays in the bio of this podcast and also at the end of the episode. So everyone check it out. Um, Switching gears as well. um, Grace, I was wondering if you could share more about your time in the corporate world. What roles you held over the years and what lessons you bring to New Leap now?
1: I learned that it was really important to have a growth mindset in corporate America. And so that actually really helped me to like move on from an associate to an analyst to a senior analyst. So I had a very like natural growth. From there, I became a manager and a vice president, which I I felt like people talk about imposter syndrome. When I first went into an executive role that definitely permeated, but once I stepped into the room. I realize that everyone has pretty much the same experience. It's their delivery where you can tell the difference between someone who's confident and who's not confident about what you're talking about. And this is from women, especially. Women are a lot more actually experienced and they undervalue themselves often. As in like, if a man will say, I know 10, out of 20 things, a woman will say, I know one out of 20 things. But in terms of execution, you find out that the woman actually knew 18 out of the 20 things. And the men, sometimes I'm not saying it's always, they say they knew three out of the 20 things. <laughs> so, for, for myself, like my corporate America journey, I learned a lot of being on a team, being a team player. But even when I was an analyst, I ran projects where I was in charge of 50 different countries and their audit teams. Right. Like, and I was working on billion dollar portfolios in my early 20s. Uh, so it doesn't matter what your role is, what your job title is. It depends on what you want to work on. If you're able to communicate it to the company, to management. And more often than not, people are willing to give opportunities if you're if you've shown that you could deliver. So I don't recommend showing up day one and saying, I'm gonna run the you know, five billion dollar project, but maybe after two months in or one month in, after you've shown that you can demonstrate excellence and deliver results. Then say, "Hey, I might want to help out on that project that I know you're working on. Do you, you know, have any tips on how I could join that project or team?"
0: Yeah, that's great. Thank you for the like wording on that too. That's um, really important. I feel like self advocacy in the workplace is it's can be difficult, but once you kind of know how to how to market yourself and just how to ask for what you want and not be afraid of the no like you mentioned before I totally see how that growth mindset can be really important so thank you for sharing that and then just to
2: add to that like coming in first observing seeing where you can maybe add value proving yourself and then making a step that's okay that's something I am planning to embody even more so thank you (laughs)
0: Awesome. Um, so I did want to talk a little bit about, you know, in your bio, you mentioned that you are on the board for a few nonprofits, and obviously you're doing a lot of social impact work with New Leap. So, can you tell us a bit about the social impact initiatives that you're passionate about and how you balance your career with nonprofit work?
1: Yes. So, my number one passion is creating access to education. So, if you notice um, the boards that I join, Typically have to do with education, scholarships, and access and inclusion. I actually started a nonprofit when I was working at Disney full time. I think like one or two years in, and that actually influenced why I want to work in the nonprofit sector and how I can be a resource for my community. And so my community, I think, is like Los Angeles. The people that live in my community, the people that work in my community, I do know inclusion and access and opportunity are something that not every group gets. And so that's always been dear to my heart. And even if I can't do it every day, like every week, I try to work on something that has to just do with social impact um, outside of my work. Because if you spend all of your life and soul at work, then it's hard for you to sort of brainstorm, innovate, and see like, you know, different
2: viewpoints. So it's always been helpful. That's awesome. Yeah, as I've been thinking about kind of like crafting my career, I definitely want it to, I definitely want it to involve some sort of social impact work, especially because I grew up internationally and so yeah, I'm very passionate about that as well. Um, I was wondering, Um, Focusing again in on New Leap, what is your vision for the company in one year and five years?
1: Well, in one year, uh, we hope to expand our partnerships with workforce development groups across 10 cities. Um, And the reason why is because we want to help job seekers really become qualified to the new jobs that are being formed uh, because of technology innovations and also because of COVID-19. I think the realm of how we're operating as teams and how we're working, what job descriptions and job roles are going to be out on the workforce are going to change rapidly in the next. It's already been changing now, but will continue to change. And so we're, we really want to work with different workforce development groups to help students and job seekers. In five years, I really want Leap to be the platform where people think we're like the Netflix of recruitment and employee engagement across the U.S.
0: I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, love that. That's awesome. So throughout your journey, can you share with us maybe what's been some of the most challenging moments or how you pivoted from them? So your breakthrough moments. Yes. So
1: when people told me that entrepreneurship is, was going to be difficult, there will be challenges. You can't risk mitigate. I was like, you can mitigate some risks, like, you know, there's ways and so like, I went on this two week session of identifying all the risks that I could see, you know, new loop encountering. And then everyone else was right. You can't mitigate everything. (laughs) So everything that you imagine that can go wrong, will go wrong, everything that you could never have imagined that you've only seen in movies does happen. So, <laughs> and what I mean by that, and and I bring this up because when we started newly, my co-founding team, every single one of us had a grandparent that passed away within the first six months. And that was very unexpected. And we were like, should we scale or should we go fly to our families and spend time with them? And for us, it was important to spend time with our families first. So we all made the decision that we may not grow as fast, but it was important that we took the time to spend time with our families, be a support to our families and really grieve because our grandparents were not people that were strangers or people, you know, we we grew up with them. They were They're probably one of the reasons why we're in entrepreneurship. Um, Their kindness, their love, their unconditional love, I think, is really what made us who we are today. So um, that was definitely a challenge that was, I think we're still overcoming um, together as a team because I don't think grief is like only for two months. It's lifelong. You'll miss them constantly. Um, But we get up every morning and we're very motivated to do better every single day because we want to make them proud.
2: Wow, thank you for sharing that story as well with us. Um, For our last question, before we move on to our quickfire round, we're hoping you could share with us a piece of advice that you would want to go back and tell your college-age self.
1: I would tell myself to join clubs. I actually didn't join many clubs when I was in college and also to spend time at the Career Center. When I was going to college, I didn't even know there was a career center. So, but I'm working with them now and the amount of resources and opportunities you get access to, I'm just like, man, if I had only known, (laughs) I I totally would have lived at the career center.
0: I know, you're the career center now. (laughs) Very on brand. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Awesome, okay, this has been so much fun. To finish things up, we're gonna do a quick fire round. So we have three questions. I'll ask if you wouldn't mind Grace answering first, then Mimi, and then I'll answer, and then we'll wrap things up. So the first question is what is the most challenging question anyone has ever asked you during an interview?
1: Uh, the most challenging question is also the most interesting question, and it's pretty long. It's um You're working on a classified project where you are able to disclose any information except to your direct manager, but your manager is out sick and unreachable for the next two weeks. But this is highly classified, sensitive information that needs action within the next 24 hours. And legally, you are able to release this information to anyone but your
0: manager. How would you respond? Wow. Oh my gosh, I love that. I'm gonna think of it later. Is, is there a right answer? <laughs> this
1: was my, when I was applying to Disney for the first time, the interview question that I got um, with
2: the recruiter. Stay <laughs> wow. with you forever. For me, I was once asked during an interview, what are you better at than anyone else? Oh, and I was
0: hard like, one. oh my,
2: I know. I was like, I don't know. I'm so young. Um, <laughs> so
0: yeah, everyone think about that one too. Oh gosh, I actually got asked that one in my an interview I did a few months ago, and I hated it. This isn't even that challenging of a question; it's a pretty basic one. But it happened during my first interview, when I was like a freshman in high school. It was just, who would you bring um, to like speak at the school and an event? And I said an alien because we would be the only school that would ever have <laughs> someone from another planet come and speak. So I didn't get it um but (laughs) but yeah um you know it's fine I moved on to better things um okay question two when something fails how do you motivate yourself to get back up
1: I actually eat a bucket of ice cream I'll be honest (laughs) so I literally get cookies and cream or mint chip or yeah I have tons of I have tons of flavors that I go to and that's what I do.
2: Nice. Um, for me, I I make a list. I'm a list heavy person about everything I need to do um or anything I could possibly do to fix that, and start kind of like categorizing items to see what would be most viable. Most
0: viable. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Taking the practical approach. <laughs> that's
0: so funny. I definitely talk to people that I trust and that know who I am and my values and can reassure me that everything's going to be okay. And then I have a moment where I reassure myself that everything's going to be okay. And then I probably follow more of Mimi's lead and end up like writing out what I can do to um, make the situation better. And then again, checking that with my loved ones and um, moving forward from there. So a combination of both of what you guys do awesome okay the third question is if you could go back to school and change your major so Mimi and I if we could just change our major um what would you have studied
1: I would have studied computer science I wish I didn't change it back then actually
2: interesting um I I would have studied theater I think um yeah, I want to be a famous actress one day, so if anyone is listening right now who is um, casting, hit me up.
0: That's cool. I think I would have liked to have studied a more business-oriented major, so either business management or marketing or communications or something like that, and maybe like minor in music. I feel like that would be cool and get my creative side in a bit.
2: Yeah, but honestly, if I could pick anything and like be good at it, CS as well. Yes, that is the future.
0: <laughs> cool. All right, that is all of our questions. So Grace, we are so happy to have you on today. This has been a really fun and productive conversation. You were super practical with your advice too. And I feel like I can go back and like, I'm going to like write down everything you said and like make sure that um, I follow those things. Yeah, it was just super helpful. So thank you so much for being here and being on the show.
1: No, well, thank you Mimi and Chloe for having me join. And it was really exciting to like really learn about what you guys are passionate about too. So thanks for making a great conversation
2: oh thank you yeah (laughs) awesome Um, we'll share more about this again but check out new leap you can download the app and they also have new leap wednesdays which are online events um so yeah everyone this was grace park and new leap is her hustle thank you
0: All right, guys, thanks for checking in on episode seven with Grace Park. From this episode, we hope you have takeaways about starting a company, but also about job seeking in general. If you're interested in learning more, definitely check out New Leap speaker series called New Leap Wednesday. This is a place where job seekers and students can learn from industry leaders through workshops and networking events. Learn more at New Leap's website. And as always, if you guys like this episode, please leave a review and engage with us on Instagram. We'll see you next time.